Hello, everybody, and welcome to the MACD Career Conversations podcast, where we talk to career people about their careers. My name is David Driver, and my guest today joining me all the way from Brandon, Manitoba, is Doug Popel. Doug, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for the opportunity to uh, to share. Yeah. And before we jump into all my questions I have about Brandon University and all the work that you do, introduce yourself to the audience. Just let us know where you're currently working. I kind of spoiled it already, but let us know where you're currently working and some of your major duties there. For sure. Um, well, my name is Doug. I work at Brandon University. Yeah, basically what I do is assist any students and alums with anything um, employment career related. That could be anything from a first year student looking for a part-time or any year student looking for part-time employment, um, definitely summer employment, then uh, helping um, students who will be graduating with uh, finding the career-related positions for um, that they can transition into upon graduation. Um, during that time, those during the year, um, running a, a number of career events, career days, employer information sessions. Um, this year has been nice because we've been able to transition back to in-person events, which has been a treat. Um, I think there was definitely some pent-up demand for the in-person stuff, uh, especially from from the students, but also the employers too. I, they were itching to get back on campus. So it's kind of nice to go back to, dare I say, normal, kind of the pre-COVID days. So yeah, that's that's kind of it. But that's that's my um, kind of my major role here. I am not faculty specific, so I could be helping a nursing student at uh, 10 o'clock and then working with the student who's looking at geology positions at 11 and then working with the student who's looking at um, accounting at one. So definitely a wide range of students I get to um, have the privilege of working with. So it's it's a great gig. Awesome. Yeah, they keep you on your toes. You never know what kind of questions you're going to have to answer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of times my answer is, let me get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> And how long have you been at the university for? Um, I started here in 1994 in a half-time term position. Wow. We're coming up on three decades if my terrible math is correct. Yeah, no, your your math is not terrible and you are correct. So, yeah, it's been um, been a long time and I, I honestly can't um, can't believe how the um, the time has flown by. So I guess we'll kind of start around there. Um but yeah, let's talk a little bit about your career journey into this field before we talk a little bit more about uh, your work in, in depth. So, Doug, can you let me know uh, where were you born? Are you a Brandon native? Are you a Manitoba native? Actually, um, I'm uh, I am Métis, uh, born in Portage La Prairie, and even way longer ago than I started here, and then moved to Brandon. Actually, um, yeah, I went to school in Winnipeg, and then. Um, Ended up uh, transferring to BU, and that's where, um, yeah, where I've been. Um, I'm on my, I guess, my third degree from here now. So it's um, it's been good. I I do like the the size of the um, the institution, and I mean that's that's just specific to each individual. I know with students, some of them come here, and it's like I can tolerate the smallness till I can get onto something bigger, or this is as big as I want. So. Yeah, it's it's been a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. And growing up in Portage La Prairie, when did you leave? Uh, I left in 1986. I was only 12. Yeah. No, oh, that's wow. a joke. <laughs> I was well into adulthood. 
I was going to say, don't test me on my terrible math because I, <laughs> I will believe any number you throw out of me here. Um, awesome. Was there a, a decision to leave specifically? Was it just to try out a different city? Was it to go to school? or Actually, I left to go to school. Yeah. And what was your interest in? Why? What types of programs were you interested in? Or was there anything specific that you wanted to pursue? Um, possibly accounting, but um, yeah, I I think um, I look at my journey and, journey and I think that's why I'm such an advocate of career planning um, is because I kind of stumbled into university not knowing why I was there. And mm. I know just... Um, when I look back at those days, um, yeah, I wasn't a stellar student, but um, when I think of it, I really had no real destination in mind. So, yeah, that was um, that was a challenge for me. So, I think that that has really impacted me right through to present day in working with the kids that are coming through here to help them either identify a career or identify a direction. And yeah. I also love the opportunity to talk to high school kids and um, at least plant that seed and get them thinking about what they may want to do. Yeah. And so why accounting? Was that something that someone told you that you could potentially be good at? Or was that something you saw in yourself? It was or? one of those things I was okay at in high school. And I was okay at um, oh English as well. Um, but I mean, I didn't really see a career there at that point. So... It was, um, yeah, it was really um, just a total lack of planning that uh, that <laughs> put that thought in my head. Yeah. So did you transfer to Brandon in the middle of that uh, education there? Did you finish your education in Winnipeg and then? No, I did uh, did one year at the U of W and then I um, I transferred to, uh, to BU. Yeah. Just for the lifestyle of it, like you're saying, the size, or was there any other reasons? U of M was too big for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, nothing against the U of M. And I, I um, work with a lot of students who are applying to the various faculties there because they've got way more programs than we do. Um, but yeah, there's, I work with a lot of students going there. But I came from Portage, which has a population of 13,000. And I think the U of M at that time had a population of 25,000. <laughs> so there was definitely that, that culture shock. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, it was... Um, different times i mean now there'd be no issue but then it's like wow this this place is big and i mean i laugh when there's kind of that um that orientation look students have when they get here first year and they're wandering around wide-eyed and i mean you just scoop them up in the hall and go what are you looking for mm -hmm. and it'll be this building that building this classroom whatever and um it's always interesting because so often they'll go wow this place is so big and it's like we're four square blocks Give it a week, give it a month. This place will shrink exponentially. Yes, absolutely. But it's it's just that transitional piece that um, that takes time. But yeah, it was um, like I said, the size size fit me well. Mm -hmm. And did you uh, finish your accounting? No, never uh, never pursued it. Um, no. I took um, took business and men, poli sci, and um, those were um, were definitely areas of interest for me. Um, mm -hmm. In hindsight, I'm not accounting material. <laughs> you you realized that that of yourself early though, so that's always yeah. good. Excellent. So you graduated from Brandon University then? Yeah, I graduated in I think it was ninety, and then I graduated again, and it, it was interesting because my journey with education changed because I think being immersed in 
in a post-secondary environment, you realize and experience the value of it. And mm -hmm. um, I started taking courses just for fun after my first degree and um, after I'd started here. And yeah, I can't remember the next time I graduated, but it was, um, I remember going and talking to um, Barb, who was in the, uh, the registrar's office at that time, saying, what do I need to graduate? And she's like, you're way past that now. So <laughs> it was good, but it was, it was interesting because with my first degree, I was like, Oh, let's just get this over with. So then I've got something. And with the second one, it's like, this is a fun journey and I'm enjoying it. And then mm -hmm. now um, having all, all this left is my, uh, my thesis for my master's. But um, I mean, doing the coursework for that, it was, it was fun. And I've taken other courses just for fun because I do, I do love that classroom um, environment and yeah. every so often I will, we'll get a course where I'll be teaching sessionally. So yeah, I just, I love that and, and value awesome. that opportunity. Yeah. So when you finished your first degree, did you have an idea of where you'd like to work or what type of career you'd like to have? Cause it sounds like you were focused on more schooling sounds maybe like something yeah, down like your was, alley interesting because before i left them um, left portage my first job in my summer out of school was um was i was a milkman for manco and <laughs> that organization has long since gone but it was a manitoba dairy cooperative and i had a commercial route and i would go to various businesses and do that so that was um that was interesting and i think that's i enjoyed the the people interaction. Um, after that, I worked for a cable a communication cable manufacturing company in um, in Portage, uh, Phillips Cable, who's long since gone. And um, the money was phenomenal, but um, uh, we were classified as machine operators, but the machines operated us, and it was um, it was one of those things that just wasn't wasn't high on my list to stay at. So definitely some good experiences there but kind of those things that why well, i always figure good good career planning either involves identifying what you want to do or identifying what you don't want to do yeah yeah those were <laughs> those were a couple of things that um yeah probably um probably not something i would um would want to do yeah i'm a big fan of that reverse engineering i think a lot of times you can get clarity on just narrowing down what you don't want to do right what what are the oh. no-goes right it's huge. Like if I'm doing a career assessment with a kid and I, anybody who's younger than me, which is like the whole student population, I'll refer to as kids. And, but um, any of the students, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a huge piece is to identify one or the other and each one's just as valuable. And even um, I will um, doing career planning with students, I will assist them in talking to professionals, whether it's the, Westman Bar Association, if they're looking at um, going into law, um, accounting firms, whatever it might be. And um, it's such a great opportunity for them to get that opportunity to talk one on one, but without the, um, but coming back and saying, you know what, I don't want to be an accountant. I don't want to be a lawyer. And to me, 100% yeah. success. Yeah, for sure. So when did the idea of career pop in your mind uh did you ever visit brandon university's career department when you were there or when did this idea um, of working in that actually, department there actually wasn't one um there was one um one counselor who did the career stuff so i remember going and seeing her and 
writing, um, getting a hand, writing a resume, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't really an official, well, it wasn't an official role until um, it wasn't too long before I started. There was someone who was in here. I think they might've been in the position for a year. It was either part-time or casual. So it was really something that was morphing into, into a role, I think really gaining traction. And I think that was really a national trend was the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think encouraging students to be more strategic in their thinking versus go to school and let your career find you or let your um, education find you a career to, and this is something I say to every kid I speak with about career planning, but your degree is nothing more than a vehicle to get you to where you want to be. Um, not, not devaluing what it takes to get a degree, but um, to look at a degree as simply, okay, I've got a psychology degree. I want a psychology job. What does that mean to you? And for everyone that answer is different. So yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting journey, but um, yeah. So for me, there wasn't a lot of resources here. I did leave for a number of years, had different jobs. And then the posting came up for, for this and um, I'd applied for it and was successful. And um, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. So what was your job title when you were hired in 94? Do you remember? It was uh, career planning and placement. Oh, it's been the exact same job title this entire time? Yeah. Wow. I've been at MITT for about 10 years. I think I've had about six job title changes. So that's Yeah. Cool. See, with, with a department of one, um, <laughs> if you want to stay within that department, um, you'd, I mean, I could change my title, but it would still be the same role. Um, yeah. I've been... I've had secondments on campus, um, sessional gigs, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, those are good. Those keep it interesting. But I mean, I love what I'm doing here and love the opportunity to to work with the kids. Yeah. So there's a couple of questions I have for you just based on, again, not only your time here at Brennan University, but also kind of how you've seen changes throughout the years. Okay. Because I think my my first question I really had for you was, what are some of the major changes you've seen um, in terms of career services throughout your time there? Because I'm assuming in 1994, no one was making a Microsoft Word resume. No one was printing, you know, <laughs> printing off documents and things like that. Just want to get your opinion on how career services has kind of changed for you during your time there at Brandon University. Is there any like major milestones you can think of? Is there any... Um, sort of watershed moments that you can think of that kind of change the way you deliver content, the way that you see content? I know this is a big loaded question. <laughs> yeah. It, um, I'm just thinking back and um, I mean, this is probably the standard answer anyone's going to give you, but COVID was definitely, um, definitely changed the way services were offered. And for me, um, it was a, a definite kick in the pants to, really embrace the technology, which I mean, I've done and and I absolutely love it. Um, I think, yeah, the, the technology, that's been the big one because it was, um, gosh, I can't even remember what the name of um, the federal department was, but it was the one tasked with employment related things. And I can remember having a job kiosk installed out in the hallway here from them. So it was like a very rudimentary um well, cutting edge technology at the time, but you could search it. And then there was a little uh, printer on it, like a, almost like a, a teal receipt sort of the role. And it would print out the jobs you're interested in. And um, I can't even remember the name of that, but um, yeah, that, I mean, that was, 
that was a big deal. And then as the internet became more front and center, then everything went online and yeah. fast forward through to today. Um, I usually have a student assistant, which is my, my right arm, my left arm, et cetera. Uh, totally uh, important to what we do here. But in the old days, job postings would be emailed to me and then I would forward them to my student assistant and they would post them on the website. We've gone to a self-serve system now where all they have to do is just approve them in the queue and they're posted. So, I mean, those kind of things have really helped in providing the opportunity to put our very limited human resources elsewhere. So a lot of focus on the virtual stuff. Like um, 20 years ago, we had a room full of calendars and employer booklets and et cetera. Yeah, I mean, bookcases and bookcases full of this stuff. And I can remember one organization out of the UK, and I used to get like a a banana sized box of calendars from various institutions in the UK, and that would come in, and we'd file those diligently, as well as the ongoing calendars from the other institutions that would be sending them. And it was such a a time consuming, labor intensive exercise. And now with the internet i mean everything's online so mm -hmm. it's um it's really changed we went that's one area and i know with the advent of computers there was always oh yeah we're going to be paperless and you could see my office I, <laughs> I won't show you because i'd be embarrassed <laughs> but my office is not paperless but with the in the career side of things yeah definitely we've gone away from that paper to so much of the online stuff yeah i, I just for me myself i can't imagine career services before the computer Right. So that just a, a, a huge milestone moment, I think, for a lot of people to make things easier, but also to make things somewhat difficult as well. Yeah, like there's the uh, the pitfalls with it, too. There's um, there's been a number of very slick um, fishing um, sort of job postings, those kind of things coming out. So yeah. we've actually dedicated part of our site to uh, to that. And we're always always vigilant looking for um catching those before they make it onto the website. So that's been one downside, but I think the, um, like back in the, um, the old days with the federal and provincial summer employment applications, when they were pen and paper, we would collect them here. And then every week we would send them off to the relevant um, levels of government and the amount of time that went into doing that. And I can't imagine the amount of time that went into inputting that info. And now, I mean, the kids just sit down at their computer and yeah. 20 minutes, they've got both of them done. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's good for access, but I think in terms of building habits or taking the time to really think about the process, I think could be lost in some ways. Like, why, why do I search for jobs the way I search for jobs? It may not be in someone's thought process if it's just they go to Indeed and it's just all there and they're just like applying to every last thing they could possibly see and... Yeah, like that's definitely one downside. Um, the old saying, this probably predates you, but uh, burning the, sh excuse me, burning the shoe leather in your job search. And I mean, you say that now, and it's like telling kids, you sound like a broken record. You just get that blank look. Yeah. You can't even use scratch CD anymore. But um, <laughs> yeah, those, um, those examples of, I mean, going out there and pounding the pavement, going to employers, that sort of thing, it's long gone. And I think the, um, the downside is possibly, the job seekers don't necessarily get the opportunity to to do that in-person introduction or even yeah. to maybe develop those skills sometimes where it's important for me to 
be able to walk into your place and go, hi, Mr. Driver, I'm I'm Doug. I'm interested in a job versus I'll just send an email to your yeah. HR link on your website. Yeah, different strategies now. But yeah, I think sometimes the thoughtfulness and uh, the reasoning why we do things, yeah. Even with employers too, one of the challenges I face is I always um, try and get as many, um, well, I want all the postings on my website that there are out there. I don't get them all. But um, lots of postings on the website. And then if there's specific targeted um, recruitments, I'll send those out to students as well. Those are good to be able to do. But sometimes talking to employers, it's like, oh, yeah, we've got lots of postings. And it's like, where are your postings? On our website. Okay. So you got your website. I got my students. There's a disconnect here. How do Mm -hmm. we do that? So there's um, sometimes, and social media has helped with that because Jody K, my student assistant, she can do targeted blasts with um, with that, say, hey, so-and-so is recruiting, so-and-so is hiring. But it's just to make sure that we don't don't solely rely on the technology as we utilize it to make those connections. Yeah. And in, in terms of Brandon University students, what types of career services are they really wanting these days? Because you had mentioned that you are available to all different programs at all years of levels. Are students really clamoring for the in-person, the one-on-one services? Are they really looking, you were saying events are now back, so are they really looking forward to to job fairs and those types of services? Like what types of career services are students really engaging in at Brandon University? Uh, it's definitely always the one-on-one and that's a given. And the upside with workshops is you can deal with a number of students at the same time. The downside is a lot of them will follow up with you afterwards. And that's not a downside, but I mean, <laughs> being a, a one-person show with um, with doing the student work, it can definitely be um, be a challenge. Um, again, I'll, I'll give kudos to Jody K, my student assistant, who is really good at, at really directing students to the resources. If they need me, she can set up an appointment. If they don't need me, sh- she can... Um, direct them to the relevant resources. So that's good. But we draw primarily from small Southern communities, small Northern communities. So there are many students here who haven't had exposure to a number of careers. So Dave, you're coming from a small Northern community and you're either going to be a nurse, a teacher, an RCMP officer. And those may have been the professions you saw in your community. So they get here and I'm like, hey, there's a whole pile of other careers that you can look at. So that that's always that that important piece of the career exploration. But yeah, I think the base ones, the resume, the cover letter writing, interview prep, those are um, those are huge ones. And um, yeah, just that career exploration, those those are big as well. Yeah. Would you say that's probably one of your biggest challenges? Because yeah, one of my questions that you've answered is uh, some of your student body, yeah, might be coming from smaller communities where they're less exposed to other careers. Are, are you finding that students are either not doing any sort of career exploration until it's too late or because I know the the common symptom might be that students come to university and they don't know what they want to do and they're just trying it out and they're just following their interests. But do you find that students are leaving career exploration too late or not at all? Or, are, or is there another challenge that you're seeing when you're uh, meeting with students? Um, not really. I um, This past fall, I did a stand in for our Indigenous recruiter, and I went to um, Thompson, Flynn, Flan, Cranberry, Portage, the Pawn, OCN. And it was really, really fun interacting with the high school kids from the perspective of career services, because it's, you can kind of, 
dig down a bit. I mean, as much as you can dig down at a, a display, but it's like, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Look at doing this. And I've actually kept in touch with the counselors, sending them any virtual events that are happening, that sort of thing that they can forward to, to their students. But I don't know. I think it might just be a thing of youth. It's like you're in grade 11, grade 12. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure that out tomorrow. Yeah. And I think that kind of extends into university as well. And the 2080 rule, I I always live by. It's, um, I mean, those that 20% who walk in here and they know exactly what they're going to do, what they need. And here's their list of things that they require for me to help them on that journey. And I mean, those ones are easy. The, um, the rest, it's like, so what are you going to do with that degree? I don't know. I'm going to get a, um, a sociology job. And mm-hmm. it's like, what does that look like? And not, not saying there's anything wrong with sociology, psychology, poli sci, whatever. But I mean, always stressing that's the vehicle that's going to drive you to where you want to be. And yeah. I mean, there's sometimes I'll I'll be talking to a student and it's like, would you like me just to tell you what to do? I'm like, yes, please. And it's like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but it's, um, and it is, I mean, depending on the the level of maturity, it um, it's a big, it's a big leap for these kids because you're going yeah. from, if you're a concurrent student, you're going from living with mom and dad where life's probably reasonably cushy to suddenly being thrown to the walls. And it's like, what are you going to do for the next 40 years? I was like, well, that's a, that's a thinker. And I'm not really ready for that question just yet. Maybe I'll go out with my friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, it's um, definitely the, the career planning. I always echo that whenever, whenever I'm talking to either a high school student, a non-student or one of my students here. Yeah. And do you find that it's pretty even? Like, do you see all years pretty evenly? Or do you see it's mostly the later years that are coming to you for advice? Or is it the the, the early years? Or It's generally all years. I do help with um, uh, programs for um, professional programs or help with applications for fresh professional programs. So, you know, when a deadline's coming because you get a run on those kind of students. Or yeah. now um, there'll be a run on students looking for summer. So, it's cyclical throughout the term. Um, the I know within the um, the schedule, and this actually goes back to a previous question, Dave, was the changes I've seen. And I think one thing I've noticed is deadlines are becoming earlier. Like when students have just hit the bricks here in September and I'm already advertising accounting jobs because that recruitment is starting just within a week or two. Yeah. And they're like, we just, we still have that happy glow from summer and you're telling us to start prepping for <laughs> next summer. It's like, God, get a grip, but I know, yeah, I there's, know. there's all those pieces. I know. I, I always feel weird having a conversation at orientation talking about when you leave here, you'll, you know, it's just like, I just got here. What are you talking about? So, <laughs> I know. No, I feel the same way. It's getting, I mean, until these kids are as old as me, I don't think they'll realize how quickly the time goes, but yeah. I mean, even your time in academia, it's not, not that long. Yeah. And I have to get in my uh, my typical pandemic question because it's always good to hear how other institutions kind of fared in the pandemic and coming out and um, how their student body reacted to it. Um, so I guess just a, a maybe just a quick little piece about how did you guys sort of work through the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic? Are you finding that students are happy to be back in person? Are they kind of hanging on to 
online services? Are you finding yourself more hybrid than you thought you would? But um, yeah, just wanted to get your opinion on how the last few years went for you guys over there. Oh, I'll personally, um, and I'll talk from a student perspective. Personally, um, the pandemic was a real kick in the pants to me. I was in a master's class and we were all working on a, a project together and um, we're actually working on developing our thesis proposals. And it, um, it was a good group. It was a small group, but a very tight group. And um, it was good. And when the decree came down, the classes were done. It was like, I just kind of stopped. And it um, I actually had to basically kick myself twice to get re-engaged because it just, mm. I'd lost the, the excitement around it. So I think that gave me a bit of an advantage um, as opposed to just going, well, don't be such a lazy, but do the work I'm telling you to do versus, yeah, this sucks for all of us, but we're going to get through it. And I think, I think maybe the compassion, the empathy um, that my personal experience really up that for my work with, um, with students. Um, the, uh, for the most part, I stayed in my office during the pandemic and we could work remotely, but um, I liked the structure of coming here. It was, for the most part, I was by myself or my dean was in for a bit, or I guess most of the time as well. But um, I did keep coming in, I guess, just to sort of maintain that routine. Yeah. Once um, once we got good with Zoom and Teams and all that, it was, it was all fine. And one of my favorite ones was uh, being at the cottage and it was an international student um, info session or was an orientation. And um, I woke up at that 9 a.m. I didn't wake up at 9 a.m. I logged on to the computer <laughs> just before 9 a.m. for the 9 a.m. session. And um, I went from uh, being at the cottage right to, I was in China, India, Nigeria. I was all over the world. And I thought, this is cool. Mm -hmm. um, something we couldn't have done before. So there were definitely advantages to it. Um, once the pandemic was, um, once we came back to in-person, the students came back in person and I do have a few that still meet me via zoom. Yep. That's usually out of convenience if they're only on campus a couple days a week, that sort of thing. So yeah, we were students have gone back to uh, in person, but I think the biggest thing for me and for many of the folks I work with was that uncertainty, like how long is this going to last? What do we do at the end of it? All those kind of things. And just the total disruption to any, any of your normal routines, like, Fall on campus is always a fun time. Orientation, um, the new yeah. students, seeing seeing your regulars coming back, the faculty, the staff, all of that, and then to have that just gone, it was definitely a void. But yeah, I think we're um, for the most part celebrating being together again. Yeah, for sure. Because the the message I'm hearing in my experience with it was that career services was pretty well represented online in the in the pandemic. Like we could reproduce everything that we were doing. Yeah, uh, but some things just didn't really translate like you can have a career fair online but a career fair in person is is no contest you know there's yeah. certain things like that you know so. yeah it's um it's light versus full uh full flavoring calories <laughs> we had the diet version for so many years now we're back yeah. to full sugar <laughs> excellent and what's coming up on the horizon is there anything at brandon university that uh, you're trying out or is there anything coming up that you want to experiment with is or is it just kind of getting back into uh, we're doing, of um, doing a number of workshops with students. We're doing um, um, consultations just to, um, I think, just to kind of reset the compass, make sure we're on track with everything. Um, 
utilizing social media extensively now. So that's been good. Um, lots of contact with employers just to really dust off what we've been doing, make, making sure it's, it's meeting the needs of, um, of both groups. And um, yeah, that um, it's been good. There's uh, a number of indigenous um, specific and international specific um, initiatives coming up. So I'm looking forward to those and um, yeah, we're, I think we're coming back stronger, better, and smarter post uh, post pandemic. Yes, I get that feeling as well, right? Where it's we're we're back, kind of doing the the most effective things we could possibly do, right? So, yeah, for sure. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Doug. That was all my questions for today. And before I get you to just talk about, you know, how if anybody wanted to get in contact with you, if anybody wanted to know a little bit more about Brandon University. I have a tradition on the show. I have to ask an impossible trivia question to all my guests. It's my favorite oh part of the show. <laughs> so, Doug, are you ready for your impossible trivia question? Let's do this. All right. Are you uh, a fan of Seinfeld at all? Not really. Not really. Okay. <laughs> Even if you were, this would be uh, pretty impossible. So, okay. uh, Are you familiar with Kramer then? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jerry's neighbor, Kramer, uh, made a habit of sliding into Jerry's apartment numerous times throughout the series. Your impossible trivia question, Doug. How many times total did Kramer enter Jerry's apartment? Oh, how many years did it run? Uh, It was nine seasons total. Nine, so 2,000? The official total number was 389 times he entered Jerry's apartment. I thought it'd be multiple times per episode. <laughs> the whole episode, just him entering the apartment. <laughs> so, nope. uh, 389 times the official answer. Wow. That's, um, yeah, I thought it would, um, I would have guessed way more. So, there you go. Does that mean my interview gets deleted now? <laughs> no, yeah, no, we'll still post this. We'll, you're still good. You're still valid. Excellent. So, yeah, thank you so much, Doug, for coming to talk to me today. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to know more about the work that you do or about Brennan University in general, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I just um just probably just shoot me off a, an email. Um, voicemail isn't um I don't generally respond to as quickly, but just p o p l e at brandonu.ca and um yeah it's all good. So yeah, if there's students interested in finding out about our programs, um, if there's students interested in career planning, um, don't tell my employer this, but um my general line is when I'm especially at a career day or even talking to kids is um. I don't care what school you go to, just go to school. And I mean, it's such a game changer. And I've, um, I was actually in high schools over the last two weeks, three different times doing kind of my other, wearing my other hat. I was in doing presentations on the Métis. I, I took uh, vacation days and I just told people I was going south. And they're going, oh, um, Mexico. And it's like, no, just the southern part of Manitoba. <laughs> but um, I mean, running into... One guy, he'd met me in the past and he came up and he was asking about um, or telling me about what his aspirations were. He's graduating this year and it's nothing to do with us, but um, I got him in touch with the uh, the recruiter at ACC who yeah. will be able to help him with um, with his journey. And I think that's, that's the thing. I know the recruiter there would do the same thing. And I think with all of us in this biz, we, we have that, um, that connection to the kids and know the importance of being able to find your path preferably sooner than later. Yeah. That's one of the funniest things. I think in our profession, that's not very surprising, but I, whenever I talk to yeah prospective students or anything like that, and they're looking for certain things and I say, well, 
you're probably better off in some cases going to other schools and not just yeah. ours. So, and they're surprised sometimes they say, Oh, aren't you supposed to be like recruiting me? <laughs> you're like, no, it's, no, it's a career exploration. So. Well, and that's um, generally the, um, the Thanksgiving weekend. That's when I find there's kind of a, a rush on students who have come to university for a specific de- degree, um, specific education. And at that point they've hit the brakes and it's not the direction they want to go. And there's always that terror of, oh, my gosh, I'm turning my back on my dreams, my aspirations, and I have to tell mom, dad, and uh, grandma. And it's like, it's not the case. In many situations, these kids have found a career that's a better fit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, just to to run into that that wall is um, is a tough one. So, yeah, it's, um, anytime I think we can um, can help those, those kids along the way, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't agree more. All right. Thank you so much, Doug. Thank you for talking to me today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, um, you too. Great meeting you, Dave. And um, yeah, I'll be looking forward to this coming alive and uh, becoming an internet sensation. Yes, absolutely. You can bank (laughs) on it. Money in the bank right there. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For more information on MACD, including professional development, conferences, and other opportunities, please visit our website at www.macd-mb.org.